0: Stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, weekdays twelve thirty to three seven seventy CHQR. Well, as you heard in the news uh, the federal court of appeal decision on Trans Mountain is not the last hurdle that the Trans Mountain pipeline is going to have to clear, or may not be. That's the reality we're dealing with at the moment, that court ruling uh, in the government, uh, hopefully, will correct its own mistakes, live up to this ruling, and get the project moving forward. Uh, But as you heard, uh, one BC environmental group is already now preparing to go back to court. Uh, They say that the NEB new review process on maritime impact, that the timeline for that is so short that it only proves in their mind that the government is going through the motions and has already made up its mind to reapprove the expansion. So they're already gearing up for another court battle, potentially. So, in the meantime, we get this announcement today from the federal government. Some assistance to the industry as it deals with this price differential crisis. Uh, joining us uh, for some reaction, very pleased to welcome to the program, uh, John Baker, who's VP of Communications with the Canadian Association of Oil Well Drilling Contractors. John, thanks for making some time for us here today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, I mean, is, is this good news? Is this welcome news?
1: Well, it is. I think at this point, um, you know, we're grateful for any help in any capacity. Um, but I think that, as you've seen by several of the rallies across the province, um, people are, are quite fed up and, and disappointed that we're, we, it came to this.
0: Right. I mean, this was never what the industry was asking for.
1: No, especially uh, CAODC members. We've never asked for a handout. All we've ever wanted is just the opportunity to uh, compete in global markets uh, with our world-class products, our world-class technology, and our world-class people. It's that simple.
0: What are the reasons? I mean, there are the obvious ones, I guess. I mean, I mentioned Trans Mountain, but what are the reasons that we're unable to or limited in, in our ability to do so right now?
1: Well, for sure, market access is is number one, um, and I think that just the prevailing sentiment uh, of Canadian oil and gas with respect to uh, global climate change, and maybe just the uh, misinformed importance that uh, perhaps our industry plays in, in the global catastrophic climate problem that seems to be uh, sort of on mainstream media's mind, or, or uh, at least you know sort of out there. Um, we feel that that's just been misrepresented for. For quite a while now, and unfortunately, we're starting to see it in the policy uh, decisions of some uh, levels of government.
0: So in the meantime, um, you know, we we don't have, unfortunately, any quick fix uh, that that we're going to be dealing with this situation in the short term. How might this kind of an announcement help some companies bridge that gap and get through the coming weeks and months?
1: Well, I think that's going to be determined by each individual business, but I think that access to uh, capital in this particular time is important. Uh, Certainly our members haven't had any kind of meaningful cash flow for nearly 40 years now, and so they're at points where they're looking at ways of uh, just keeping their businesses alive, so they'd have to determine how best they can use uh, those resources. But, um, you know, again, uh, alone at this point in time Will eventually have to be paid back. And I think the only way of really correcting the situation would be getting out there, drilling some wells, having some cash flow coming in, and, and uh, you know, doing things the right way.
0: What have we seen in, in recent weeks? Uh, in, you know, for example, in response to the, the production cut announced by the provincial government, I mean, it seemed as though at least it had an impact on the price uh, of, of Alberta oil. But how has it been trickling through the industry?
1: Well, for our members, we saw a uh, cancellation of uh, a few drilling programs towards the, towards the end of Q4 here. Um, I believe there have been some canceled programs in Q1 already as well. So, um, you know, I guess uh, capital programs, drilling programs haven't really rebounded right away. Um, now that's not to say that they won't and, and uh, things can change in a hurry in this industry. So. Hopefully, uh, when Q1 comes around, maybe uh, some more capital will be back on the table and uh, some more uh, wells will be uh, scheduled to be drilled.
0: Well, uh, a few weeks ago, you released your 2019 drilling forecast. Uh, What are we expecting in the coming year?
1: Well, we were looking at uh, sort of a flat year-over-year number with uh, Q1 activity being not too bad. Um, what we're seeing or we're, we're thinking now with, um, with the announcement by the Alberta government is perhaps there might be a bit of a, a decline in Q1, but hopefully towards the end of the year if uh, Enbridge's Line 3 comes on um, and the industry has had a chance to react to uh, the curtailment, uh, we're hoping that maybe uh, a dip in Q1 will be offset by a bit of an increase in Q4, but we're still expecting things to be flat year over year.
0: I mean, has there been communication between government and industry, whether it be the Alberta government, the federal government? Did you feel as though you have a voice that you're being listened to?
1: Well, yes, I I think so. I mean, you know, we're very pleased with the announcement today. The Alberta government has uh, done a lot of great things in the last little while with respect to defending our industry um, across, well, worldwide, really, but especially across the country. But we're frustrated that it's had to come to this. I mean, we feel that our industry is a good news story, easily told. Um, We're the best in the world at what we do. We should be proud of that. Uh, We should be marketing that. Um, you know, we should be displacing oil from from countries that have, uh, quite frankly, lesser records than we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the world needs our product. The world is using our product. Why we aren't uh, a major energy superpower is uh, we're very confused by that fact.
0: Well, it seems like we got a perception problem still, and not just with other countries, but within our own country. I mean, you can point to the premier of Quebec, you can point to the mayor of Whistler, you could point to a lot of other people uh, as evidence of that.
1: Yeah, we agree 100%, and we feel that it's up to our leaders to continue to, to say the right things. I mean, we heard uh, some great words from Minister sol this morning at the press conference. Uh, but they need to sustain that. And we're not too sure where, you know, the story that Canadians don't trust our regulatory system came from. But, uh, you know, we our Oil Respect campaign started in 2016. We've crossed the country twice. Uh, we hear the same thing from Canadians uh, from B.C. to uh, Newfoundland, and that is... We want to develop our resources. We want to do it responsibly, of course. We want to be extremely responsible. We want to be respectful of the environment. But we should be able to develop our resources. We're a resource-based country, and our standard of living depends on it. And we've heard that for years now. And so we're not too sure. There seems to be a bit of a disconnect in terms of, uh, you know, pe- some people saying that Canadians don't trust the regulatory system. We don't feel that's true. We feel we have one of the best in the world. If you look at the AER, it's a model around the world for regulatory systems. Uh, we have countries coming to us for, uh, for advice on how to do, how to export uh, oil and gas, develop oil and gas properly. And uh, so this is the type of thing that we feel our government should be continuing Uh, to tell Canadians. yeah.
0: Well, I mean, in that sense, I mean, 2019, it's going to be a crucial year. It could be a make-or-break year. I mean, there's the potential uh, that we could move things along with Trans Mountain. There's the potential that we could make improvements to to C-69. I mean, there's also the potential that on a lot of these issues, uh, things could go sideways.
1: Yes, that's true, and it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, again, you know, very confusing times when you, when you um, look at the Alberta government asking for more rail capacity for oil. We don't feel that helps anyone doesn't help the environment it doesn't help uh, agricultural exports Um, you know we're not too sure why you'd be looking at spending more money on oil cars for rail when we could have been building a pipeline we could be a year into building it two years into it I mean these applications for major infrastructure projects taking a decade it's unacceptable especially when you look at our competitors I mean they've, they've been building pipe in the United States since the Obama administration
0: yeah, it's frustrating for sure. Uh, much more at caodc.ca. John, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Uh, that is John Bago. He's VP of Communications with the Canadian Association of Oil Well Drilling Contractors. So yeah, I think 2019 is going to be a make or break year. Now, they were expecting it to be kind of a, a flat year as it was. I mean, you know, when you have production cuts, that's, that's going to have an impact. And the potential that maybe we'll see a bit of a dip even in the start of the year. Uh, But hopefully we start to see some progress on some of these big issues. But, I mean, it's not guaranteed at this point. So as for this uh, funding, this federal funding announcement today, they say they are supportive of it, uh, that it could help in the short term. But what we really need is not bailouts or government assistance. The barriers removed that are preventing us from from increasing our market
1: access. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.